Guitar legend Slash names his pick for the heaviest riff of all time. Elon Musk calls for increased domestic oil production. The Megadeth takes on the mighty Metallica in a thrash throwdown. Coming up on the Plug Podcast. Welcome to the Plug Podcast. I am Bushy, and with me is my partner, my brother from another mother, Metal Mike. How you doing? All right, all right, all right. What's up, Bush? How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Uh, right on, bro. I got a cold, which is annoying because I keep snotting, and I hate snotting. But my daughter yeah. has a cold too, so she'll be snotting. And it's funny because as I'm editing last uh, last week's episode, I'm editing out snots in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's me i'm like oh how do I, I don't know how to get them all out it's, it, it's been an absolute pain in the ass i have maybe i know i have 30 or 40 minutes of dialogue left oh okay and it's not all going to be there because i take so much of what you and i say out of these things well sure you have to i mean you have to i mean you know i mean you know like to me, and it was funny because I was just talking to Brian Davis, the uh, A. Davis, you know, the other day, one of our fellow DJs, and of course, Damn Good Movie Memories, which is an excellent podcast if you're into movies. And uh, he, he just said, and he was just making a suggestion that he, because one of the things he said that he does is he doesn't, and maybe it's because it's a movie podcast, but you know how a lot of times we'll talk about current events or what's going on in the world and in the music world. He says he doesn't do any of that because he'll go. He, he says he'll have listeners that'll go all the way back to the beginning of his podcast because he's like it's cool, but at the same time it kind of dates your podcast, and some people won't listen. Or if they do, they'll just fast forward till you get to 
the review or whatever the gist of the episode was. Sure. I, I and I said, well, I go, I, I, I and 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 I, I kind of agree with what Brian's saying, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I, you know, also he was just saying that might make the episodes a bit shorter, but I, I don't know. It's just a suggestion he made, you know. Yeah. Well, love you, Brian. Now. There's things I want to talk about some weeks, and I got to just bring them up, cause, especially if they're shocking to me. Yes. <laughs> and that particular story, <laughs> the reason for this conversation is shocking to me. Uh, Slash just had an interview. Uh, with, it was on Loudwire is where I saw it. And uh, he named what he considers to be the heaviest riff of all time. Did, did you see that story? No, I did not. Well, cool. What would you think a guy like Slash would say is the heaviest riff of all time? Ooh, the heaviest riff of all time. Man, that's that's tough because there's a lot of great heavy fucking riffs out there that immediately come to mind to me. Um, What's the first one that pops into your head? Believe it or not, Into the Void by Black Sabbath. That fucking riff is so thick and so fucking okay. heavy. Okay, let me tell you, you're not far off the mark because you do have the band it is absolutely a black sabbath riff uh sabbath bloody sabbath That's a great fucking riff, though, man. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you, if you're talking about Black Sabbath, I mean, come on, man. I mean, Iomi's the father of the metal riff, really. Essentially, he is. Oh yeah. And 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 you can you can pick a lot of different. Yeah, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. I mean, that riff done. I mean, it's just fucking incredible. I mean, you you can pick a lot of different Sabbath songs and go that one. I'll tell you, know? you what. Here, I was shocked by it. Where to you, it obviously made sense because you had the band on the money. Um, when I think of Slash and his blues-based guitar playing, I think Stones, man, and I was like a heavy riff, so I thought it would have been something obvious of the era, you know, for whom the bell tolls or something like that. So when he come at me with Black Sabbath, and uh, apparently the, the two albums that spoke to him were the Black Sabbath debut and the album of the same name, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I was just floored by that. And I don't know why, because like that Appetite album, that was heavy. They were hungry. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mad props to Black Sabbath, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, heaviest riff of all time. According to Slash. According to Slash. Well, it's definitely up for the conversation. I mean, like you said, though, you you could mention there's a lot of bands that have obviously... Um, well, they've detuned, the distortions gotten heavier. You know, that this is a guy, did he even have a stomp box, or was it just the overdrive through the Marshall? You know, that's an, that's an excellent question, Bushy. I couldn't really tell you the technical. Um, I mean, I, I know part of the reason why he do, detuned was because the top of his fingers of his playing hand got chopped off. Right, right. And um, he had to detune to relieve the, the, the pressure of, of, you know, because he had to come up with these plastic tips. and I mean, pretty amazing story, really. Absolutely um, it is. You know, and... Um, you That's know, what you get that. in that factory work. Let me tell you what, I pay attention yep. to everything because I'm well, not coming home without a part. 
Bushy, he he wasn't that wasn't his normal job. He was the guy who was like the welder, the spot welder, or whatever. It wasn't even his like he never messed with the chopping machine, and he and he wasn't even going to go into work because he was getting ready to go on tour to Hamburg or wherever the fuck. Right, and he, he was thinking his what, late sixties. Like, it's not like yeah, safety was a big priority then. And he's like, I wasn't going to go in, and my mom's like, you go to work. So he's like, all right, well, when he gets there, the guy who's supposed to work on the chop, the, the, the sheet metal machine that chops the metal wasn't there. So they were like, well, can you do it? And he's like, well, I've never used it before. So the guy kind of like <laughs> showed him real quick how to do it. And I only, I guess not, you know, maybe zigging when he should have zagged or not really paying attention to what he was doing. But, you know, Thank, I mean, you know what? Been, but, he wasn't, this, but he wasn't ever really properly fucking trained on the yeah, thing. But calm boom. down, calm down about your boom, because had he been properly trained. And had his full fingers, we would not have the heavy, dark, thick lips that we have. Probably had. wouldn't. So thank Probably you wouldn't. for chopping your fucking fingers off, Mr. Tony Iommi. It's the best thing that could have happened to heavy metal. Well, and, well, not just that, but or music. I also, general. I also think because I've read Ozzy's autobiography, and he talked about the first time he had heard. Uh, Led Zeppelin, and people have to understand, like, Sabbath and Zeppelin go way back. Like, they were buddies before either band really ever made it. And Ozzy talks about the first time, you know, he's hanging out with Geezer, and he meets Robert Plant. Robert's like, Jimmy Page just asked me to join the New Yardbirds. That's what the name of the band was going to be, the New Yardbirds. Nice. So when Ozzy's in a club and he hears Zeppelin 1 for the first time, he's like, holy shit, is this the New Yardbirds? And the guy looks at him and goes, no, man, it's Led Zeppelin. Well, Ozzy looks at the record. And there they are. And it's like, oh. So then he went to Iommi. He goes, man, it's a really good record, Tony. It's so heavy. And Iommi was like, we'll be heavier. Nice. Nice. Oh. Which they were already experimenting with that because they'd already wrote the first song, Black Sabbath. Right. Using the Devil's so, Triad. Yeah. So uh, Skid Row just announced a summer tour with Warrant. Live to Rock Summer Tour 2022. I couldn't be more disappointed and only half excited about a tour. Warrant, Janie's been dead for a long time. I haven't listened to anything they've done since. Skid Row, I like those two albums they've done, but I haven't heard ZP at all. Like, I haven't even heard him do any Dragon Force stuff. All I heard was that one album with Through the Fire and the Flames on it. I really like Skid Row, and I've seen him before with the last cat, the one that passed away whose name, I'm sorry, escapes me right now. How underwhelming is that? <laughs> Skid Row Warrant live to rock. But we don't even have our bands. <laughs> well. <laughs> Might as well go see Kiss. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't know. I, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, either. I, I don't either. I, I, and, and I'll tell you why. One, I'm not that big a Warrant fan. Now, I I, I did like the album you turned me on to. I like some I songs know. off that. I know. You know, I I was pleasantly surprised. But everyone um, likes Slave to the Grind and Subhuman Race. Oh, oh, fucking right. Great records. In fact, I got to be honest. Now, now it's kind of funny. I can listen to the first Skid Row album now and go, you know, that's a pretty good record, really. Uh, at the time, though, I got to be honest with you, I just thought, oh, these guys are another 
band like that. And I, yeah. at that point in time, I was all into the thrash metal thing, even though. Can I tell I, you something? I did love the first Guns N' Roses album when it came out. Oh, yeah. That and, was, and, 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 and I mean, when it came out, not like a year later when it broke big, folks. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Just don't... Let me tell you um, about Skid Row. I, um, I don't know that I had even heard anything on the radio. I just know that I kept trying to win tickets to the uh, Bon Jovi New Jersey tour. They were playing at Syracuse and on our local rock station. If you're caller number 10, you want tickets to the Bon Jovi show with Skid Row opening. Because my parents certainly weren't going to pay for rock and roll tickets. <laughs> you know what I mean. Right, right. I never got the tickets, but friends of mine, you know, their parents were cool, bought them tickets, they went to the show. And they come back and they're like, Dude, this band Skid Row fucking blew Bon Jovi off the stage. Like, you didn't even need to stay. And I was like, what? Cause that surprised me. To, well, to me, Bon Jovi's a great rock and roll band. Back then, yeah, metal, uh, whatever. No, they're a great rock and roll band. Let's put them in their place. It's a rock and roll band. Okay. You know, but back then, I was like, dude, they were huge. Hey, hey, you They're know what? Huge, and I heard this band blew them off the stage. I'm like, what the fuck? So I, I just went out and bought the Skid Row debut, just on people on the school bus telling me, dude. And I got it. Yeah, 18 in Life was a little different from the rest of the album. You had 18 in Life, and then you had that, uh, well, whatever the ballad is. <laughs> I remember you. Yeah, that, which are both good songs, but it's not indicative of the rest of the record. <laughs> Because the rest of the record kicks ass. And and maybe that's why I dismissed him. You know, I was just like, eh, you know. And then my buddy, who I've mentioned, I think, before on the podcast, and I've even mentioned him on the air on the Metal Mike uh, radio show, which is every Friday on that metal station from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please make sure you check out the Big Bushy Power Hour on Saturday mornings. Hey, you What's that, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m.? 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Yeah, I went on 11 uh, last week as we're recording okay. this last week because I had things to do. Um, this week, which will be way too late for you listeners out there, this Saturday, because A, it's going to be such an easy show to put together, and B, such an easy show to advertise, <laughs> it's going to be a best of bushy show. So every single tune I play is going to be my favorite song by said band. Oh, okay, cool. So that's going to be fun. Right on, man. All right, cool. Yeah, that's cool, dude. Um, So what were we talking about? We are talking about Skid Row. Yeah, Yeah, Skid Row. He'd he'd heard a track off of uh, Slave to the Grind. I think I'm going to get that new scroll. I was like, really, dude? Like, I was busting his chops. I'm like, really, bro? Really? And I'll never forget, we ended up buying, I think, if memory serves, and I could be wrong about this, but I think we ended up buying Ministry Psalm 69, and Brian bought Skid Row Subhuman Race, or not Subhuman Race, uh, Slave of the Grind. And, and uh, I was yeah, well, like, Bri- Brian got the better record. Whatever the fuck. fuck now, come on, don't get ministry. You know, don't get crazy on me, dude. Don't so like now, it. I'm amazed I like Marilyn Manson to pick up on the industrial thing. When they first busted out, they were kind of industrial. I did not like ministry. I, I saw my Beavis and Butthead. I saw him on the Headbangers Ball, and I'm like, hmm. All right, man. Whatever. I mean, not everybody can be just a boy. So anyway, well, I uh, know that means I should probably go back and check them out because I was listening to you know music to bang your chick to, not music to fuck your goat to. Uh, that wasn't. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that was more fucking 
get fucked up on drugs music my, myself, yeah. but that, you know, I mean, yeah. but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So we bought both albums, you know, we, and we listened to one, and then Brian popped in, you know, Slave to the Grind, man, and I just remember going, whoa, like, it blew me away how heavy it was. Yeah. I was just like, see, that's what's weird about Skid Row, and me and Bildo, you know, my co-host of the Metal Mike Show, we kind of discussed that before. It's like, Skid Row kind of went opposite of what a lot of other bands did. A lot of bands that start off Heavy really, really heavy. And then yeah. slow it down. Look at, yeah, look at yeah, look at Motley Crue. It's a perfect example. You know, shot the devil. You know, fucking heavy as fuck. Even even Too Fast for Love is a rock and fucking album. And then you know they kind of you know soften their look and soften their sound. Skid Row was like fuck that. They went and made the commercial album first, made their fucking money. Yeah, yeah, okay. get their deal, and then do some yeah. music. And then did what the fuck they wanted afterwards, man. Yeah, so Monkey I Business a, is one of the greatest songs of all time, dude. And I mean, the, it's, and it's, the ballad, Quicksand Jesus, shut the fuck up. Even that's it's good. A good. It's a good record, man. I got to say, the, the title track, Slave to the Ground. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, this is a heavy, heavy record. Like, I was, I was surprisingly impressed, man. I was like, all right, there's more to this band than met the eye, you know, and... But, you know, even the bands that I'm not a big fan of, one thing I, I want to, you know, throw out there, folks, I will never disparage their talent. Or a lot of them guys can shred. A lot of those guys are great musicians. I would never say, oh, well, this guy, fuck, he can't play to save his life. Oh, you not know? liking Especially something for me. and them not being any good are two different things. Exactly. It's like that. I love that line of Suicide Tennis. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's any, it isn't any good. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, that's my favorite album, Lights, Camera, Revolution. Oh, mine too, Love dude. that shit. We fucking agree on things. Oh, yeah. Rules on, you know, but ministry rules. So, anyway, um, <laughs> so, let's see. Uh, yeah, Om- Ominous, Skid Row, Dominus, Habitus, Hoof. Do- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Skid Row, though, uh, I, I, and maybe I, I should sit down and listen to the other albums without Sebastian Bach. They're good, dude. And I, I'm sure there are. I'm sure they are. And I, I really, I think I have them digitally. I just haven't gotten around to setting down and actually listening I to feel you. Maybe those are some future undiscovered gems we can do. Oh, in the I was future. already Why? thinking about that. I have an uncovered gem for you coming up. Oh, I got an, un- I I got an uncovered you know. gem for you, too. Yeah, yeah, but it's my turn. Oh, I know, but I'm just <laughs> saying. I got, I got one I think you'd like, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you like this at all. We'll definitely figure it out. I'll uh, we'll definitely address this after the show. Um, For sure. I do want to mention. Uh, by the time he hears this, it's going to be way too fucking late. But just to let him know, we're sending love. Uh, happy birthday to Eric Jordan, RMCP from a Rock All Over You podcast. Uh, he and Edwin Conestracci are doing <laughs> real good things over there. Um, they sure are, man. I really like. I, I really like what the energy they have and him and edwin have really good chemistry and i think it's a good podcast man i've I, been I've been I, I just agreed to sit in on another episode so i guess I'm, <laughs> I, I guess i'm busy in august and i have to do a fucking record review again but it'll be fun because him and edward are going to shit all over me and i'm going to sit there like cartman's mom oh. and take it Okay, what what are you guys doing? Do you want to say or? Yeah, apparently be it a, it'll be a Motley Crue album. Ah, okay. And, and it'll be one I get to pick, which is fucked. <laughs> well, I, what about Edwin though? I thought he was a pretty big Crue fan, isn't he? I I think 
No, I think they're bigger rat fans. Really? I know I know Eric is, but I thought I thought yeah, but Eric's wife. gay. I think his wife is really just a sister and he's just making that shit up. Oh, damn. <laughs> Love Shots you, Eric. Fired. Happy birthday, brother, from the plug. Plot. Actually, man, I, I've, seen, I've seen pictures of Eric's wife and buddy. I just want to say, uh, nice job there, bud. Yeah, that's why I think it's his sister. <laughs> wow, wow. What you thinking there, Bush? All right, dude. No, no. It's bros before hoes, but never a bros hoe. There you go. There you go. Uh, Elon Musk, Tesla. You know? Yeah. Oh, I know who he on. He's the real life Tony Stark. Go oh, on. for real, dude. He he came out saying, "Look, oof, if we're going to shut off Russian oil, we got to amp it up here." And yes, that's detrimental to my company. <laughs> Flat out said it. We got to do it. It was just announced uh, um, earlier today that we're doing it. We're shutting off that oil. We're not taking any more imports from Russia. So instead, we're going to go down there to uh, Venezuela and a, pre a president that we don't even recognize, we recognize the opposition president. The president in control, they already bombed a bunch of fucking uh, of their oil drilling places. We're going to beg them to start amping up production for us. And then we're going to go to Iran. Iran, <sighs> Iran, oh. <laughs> and ask them for fucking oil. And Saudi Arabia. Look. If dumb fuck hadn't have shot down the pipeline in the fucking first place. Well, it's not even about know. Keystone XL because they were building that. I know, dude, but it was a fucking stupid move, okay? But they it's, all. But here's the thing. Whatever. Everyone goes, hold whatever. On, hold on. Everyone goes to the pipeline. Everyone goes to the pipeline. That's not viable tomorrow. You know what I mean? I know. Because they still have to complete building it. But the other thing that happened is they shut down all drilling and exploration that was going on now. They shut down on the Anwar, you know, which is like a postage stamp size that they want to fucking drill in. We've been hearing that shit since Clinton. That debate's been going on for 40 years. Well, you know, if 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 we started drilling that today, we wouldn't even be able to see anything that comes up after like 10 years. Well, it's 30 years later after the 10 years. <laughs> Let us go back to our own exploration. Start fracking because it's not dangerous. It doesn't cause earthquakes. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard on the climate change front is that fracking causes earthquakes. Whew. Dude, I'm, 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 hey, I'm water into the crust yeah. causes the I'm, crust to move. I'm, I'm not buying it. Um, all that I agree with you a hundred percent. And 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 for all you, um, you know, what'd you call them? Um, environmental people. Uh, look, I'm all for that too. You know, but you got to do it within reason and moderation. And I think we should explore any and all alternative. Yes energies not but just have, fossil fuel but have the infrastructure in place yeah, before you, you yes. cut off the fossil fuel industry because that's how we survive you that's can't even take a, right now you can't stop doing one thing when you don't have the other thing set up and oh by the way i think we should utilize all of it nuclear energy solar energy windmills i think are a fucking joke but whatever yeah. and then fucking um hydro yes hydro yes 
Call all that shit. Use and, everything and you can. Fossil fuels, all of it, man. Yes. You know, like, I'm sorry, but nuclear energy is, if it wasn't safe, we wouldn't be fucking going around with our goddamn, like you said last week, our fucking naval vessels with it and shit. I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, now I know Elon Musk is looking into that, and so's um, Bill Gates. Apparently, they are actually building some nuclear power plants here in Elon's trying to build a space station of his own to grow plants and wildlife <laughs> to get the fuck off Earth. This is why I thought this was so amazing. Elon Musk is a huge environmental guy. But that's some real truth. If you're going to cut off this, we have to back it up. Because we yeah. need Europe to cut it off as well. And we need to be able to supply Europe. Remember, just two years ago, we were a net exporter of energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I, I thought it was funny without us getting into a whole political argument and alienating the other two people that listen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting that a huge environmentalist that creates the best electric car, <laughs> the best. Oh, by far, by far, by far. Is saying, you know, look, by the way, I, I will I take a hey, hit. Right. Right. And, to interject about that because you brought up electricity yeah i'm all cool with us using that as well like i said utilize all of it but you got to set this infrastructure up first yeah do that first you can't you can't cut every you can't you can't turn off the spigot without infrastructure in place first unless you want to fucking freeze to death and fucking die hey man go for it yeah i'm not i'm not down with that no neither am i i do want to say that uh Man, I'm so proud of the world right now. I'm so proud of the world. This this Ukraine thing, you don't understand how much it stresses me out every single day. You just don't understand. And I see these images of families being killed. You know, an eight-year-old little girl and a teenage boy and their mother, you know, know. mortared. That that shit's fucking with me. 40,000 reported today just before we came on. 40,000 foreign troops have joined the Ukrainian fight. And from what I understand, they're holding their own, man. Like, it's almost like they're making it a war of attrition to where it's not going to be worth it to people. Yeah, because we are trying real hard not to go to nuclear war because I think Putin's fucking crazy. I think they need to overthrow that fucking prick, if you ask my opinion, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the people in the army need to take him out. Yeah, yes, yes. He's too dangerous, man. I think the guy's losing his fucking mind. I'm afraid that after this one ends, we're going to start seeing the same shit in Taiwan, and that's why we have to squash this son of a bitch now. Yeah, yeah. But... But when you say we, that means all of us, folks, not just America. Yeah, yeah, the world. Yeah. (laughs) We need to... to, Like, if we want peace, love, and happiness, and, you know, Jerry Garcia and all that, we have to take out the bad guys. And we are not the bad guys. And I'm so sick of that lie being perpetuated in this country. Oh, I know. <laughs> that we I have know, to dude. apologize because we're the bad guys. Now I feel like we're the pussy guys because we should be over to put boots and asses. But I don't want troops on the ground. So, because oh, I don't want nuclear war. Dude, that's such a tough call. I know. I know. It is. Somebody needs to walk up and just slap Putin with their fucking dick. Yep. <laughs> Bitch, get out. Yep. All right, we have an interesting show this week. This is going to be really hard. Uh, I don't know how much music we'll get into this episode because, man, it's been fun talking to you already. And we're just now getting to the content. 
You guys have just been listening to bullshit. Now we're getting to the content. <laughs> the Mighty Metallica. Versus the marvelous Megadeth. The band that was much better after Dave fired everybody. I'm not gonna go that far with. I don't know when I when I went back because I, I started listening to a few of these albums. That's what I'm I had saying. To ref- I had to refresh myself. Yes, sir. There was places I was surprised. There was places I was disappointed. But I still, I still think I stand with how I feel. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. I mean. Like I said, if you watch the Get Thrash documentary, man, there's many a statement where they talk about Dave Mustaine and Megadeth. And, you know, for one, I mean, he was a founding member of Metallica and he helped write a lot of those early songs. So you have to give him credit. And people also have to remember he affected three of the big four. He was in Metallica, starts Megadeth, and had Kerry Keane as a rhythm guitarist in Megadeth for a while. So that's three of the big four that. Right. that Dave Mustaine affected guys, you know, like, come on, you know, like, I would love to hear one of those old Megadeth recordings with Kerry King. Yeah. I don't know if there is any, I, think I don't, I don't either. Cause I don't think there's he's pictures, that great, dude. I don't think he's that great a lead player. And I know there's pictures and, and they've all admitted it. I mean, that's the most incestuous thing in the world is the Megadeth Metallica Slayer. Well, the whole, dude, the whole thrash metal scene is totally incestuous. Absolutely. I mean, you got, you got Exodus with fucking Chuck Billy, who was, you know, the the uh, basically uh-huh. the microphone tech guy for the Legacy, which had Zetro. Paul Bailoff leaves Exodus. Zetro takes over as singer for the Legacy, or, or or for Exodus, right? And then 
Chuck Billy becomes the senior for the legacy who eventually becomes Testament because okay. they couldn't use the legacy name. That's what I'm trying to say, dude. And that's just one example. Right, right. I could use a hundred of them. I mean, it's insane. But a lot of those music scenes, the glam metal scene, same thing, dude. Let's Very just, incestuous. Let's just put it this way. Of the big four, I saw the uh, concert from Sofia, Bulgaria. I watched the Anthrax set. It was okay. Slayer set. It was okay. Megadeth, fucking destroyed. Metallica, man, fucking destroyed. Then they got everybody out on stage, and it got cheesy real quick. <laughs> yeah. So Megadeth, to me, is, is, is a standout in that environment. I think this would be a lot of fun, because the way we decided to do this was we were going to take the first five albums from each band. Yes, people. Myself and Meadow Mike know that there are some discrepancies in years <laughs> as far as the release dates go. Well, for, to be fair, though, Dave was in Kill Metallica. You really can't talk about one without the other. That's why we decided to do this, folks. It's kind of like this isn't like a Metallica and a Slayer. Because for, for me, I would say Metallica peaked early on. And Slayer, while I love the first two records, I love Show No Mercy and I love Hellowates. To me, Slayer peaked with Seasons. Rain and Blood. South of Heaven, seasons. and then Seasons of the Abyss. Seasons. Or Seasons of the Abyss. But they peaked with those three records, Bushy. That's like their unholy trinity. Just like with Metallica, it's Kill em All, Right, Lightning, Master of Puppets. Period, exclamation point. No disrespect to Unjustice for All. But let's be honest. Metallica peaked with the Cliff Burton era. I, I said it. And Megadeth peaked at probably Rust. So they got four good albums. Or Megadeth, rather. Right. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but, um, I don't know what kind of throwdown this is going to be, but I know that Dave Mustaine has got his shorts on, and he's going bare knuckle against <laughs> that bitch, Kirk Hammett, <laughs> who's got the gloves on because he doesn't want to get hurt. And Metallica in the thrash throwdown. <laughs> I wish I had a cool button I could push where something awesome would play. But yeah. Well, you can always edit it in later. Oh, oh can we? <laughs> you can. I said you can always. I didn't say we. I love you. So the way we're going to do this. Hey, this is the deal. You edit, I promote. That was the right. fucking dynamic we agreed on. Right. It All works. Right. It works. All right, then. Boy, I just want you to edit one episode, though. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, we decided we would go album by album, even though, yes, we know. There's a difference in years. Metallica has the edge because they come out first, even though Mustaine wrote that whole first album and part of the second. He didn't write the whole fucking thing. No, I mean his guitar part. Shut up. <laughs> so Kill Em All, you know, 1983. Killing is my business and business is good. 85. I got to tell you, I had to go back. I'm, I'm so stupid familiar with Kill Em All. Mm-hmm. That it didn't matter. I didn't have to go back and listen to it. But well, Killing, I, is, Killing is My Business is actually an album I had to go back and revisit. Very underrated record. Dude, what the hell is that beautiful symphonic orchestral almost thing going on before you get kicked right in the dick? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's... 
Yeah, I mean, dude, this is a great record. I mean, Last Rites, Love to Death, Killing is the title track, The Skull Beneath the Skin, um, Rattlehead, chose it, uh, Mechanics, which is the original version of Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen, yes. Yeah, which is much faster and, you know, also doesn't have that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da that the other guys added on later well, when yeah. you know, they changed it. Well, but that's, um, that's because Mustaine rules. All right, we we already know your team negative, Bush. Okay, <laughs> dude, the Get guitar the alone. I mean, I don't even know why we're having this talk tonight. It should be like show over. <laughs> okay, well, well, here to be fair to, okay, you know, I'm I'm gonna say this, and I think this is again. I don't even see how you could fucking debate this, ladies and gentlemen. Out of the big four, especially Dave Mustaine's the best guitar player. Period. Guitar player. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. By, by by far, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean by far. I mean. You know, no disrespect to Hannah and Keen, no disrespect to to the other. You know, uh, yeah, uh, everybody, everybody. You know, they're great. They're great. But uh, we we, uh, just, we obviously I mean, love these bands. Yeah, and that's Dave why Mustaine, it's so difficult. Because while we shit on them, we know we're going to be defending them at the same time. <laughs> exactly. And and here's the thing about Megadeth, man. Like or, or Dave Mustaine. I mean, it's kind of like what the guys in Death Angel said in that that documentary, uh, Get Thrash. They were like. His his rhythm playing was mind blowing. His rhythm playing was mind blowing. Let alone his leads. Like, and I think maybe because he got booted out of Metallica and he felt like he had something to fucking prove, it gave Dave more of a chip on his shoulder. Where he was like, "Man, I'm gonna fucking play circles around these motherfuckers, man." You know, so it, it, it kind of fed into that. It, yeah, and it fed into that aggression. You know, you know what I mean. But um. I mean, obviously, success-wise, Metallica wins. It's kind of like the Rat and Motley Crue thing, right, folks. You know what right. I'm saying? I mean, there's no arguing. Right. We're not and, here even... I, and here I am on the side of Rat. Yeah. <laughs> um, Basically. For me, I, it's like, because I, I was as big a Megadeth, maybe a bigger Megadeth fan. I Because as much as I was getting into thrash metal, and I was really getting to like it, and I loved Master of Puppets, when I heard Peace Sells, but who's buying... That's when I'm like, okay, I'm all in on the thrash metal. I'm all in. You know, that was the album where I became a thrash metal maniac. You know, before that, I liked it, I, you know, and everything. And yeah, I dug Kill Them All, you know. And then when I discovered Exodus, Bond by Blood, you know, um, the, the second album, which escapes my name right now. But yeah, I, I, I loved I loved all those bands. But I got to be honest, it, it was Peace Sells But Who's Buying that made me go, okay. I am now a thrash metal fucking freak. Okay. Well, well, Peace Sells for me is what got me into thrash in the first place. But we're talking about the first albums, the debuts. Yes. It's, man, uh, as much as I love that Megadeth album, I cannot shit on Kill Em All. Can't, dude. I mean, it's... Hit the Lights, Four Horsemen, Motor Breath, Jump in the Fire, Anesthesia, Pulling Teeth, fucking Cliff Burton. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes. Dude, dude, I love Junior. I love Dave Ellison. I, but dude, Cliff was but just dude. the man. If this the was man. like, who's the best bass player in Thrash? Well, okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we got this on lockdown, you know. Uh, right. Whiplash is okay. Phantom Lord, not really a fan. No remorse. I'm kind of iffy. Uh, Seek and Destroy. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's and Metal God. Militia. Seek and Destroy is my co-host, Bildo, on oh, the Metal Mike Show. It's my co-host, Bildo's favorite, all-time favorite Metallica song. He loves that song. Dude, that's a badass song. It's not my all-time favorite, but 
it would probably be a top 15, 20 song for me. And, and here's it, the deal. It's tough, but I'm going to tell you. Because of that stupid, pretty intro to an album that I hadn't heard. Man, I bet you I haven't heard that album in 20 years. It's not one I go back to. But I had to listen to it. But that last rites love to death, that alone wins it for me. That's really? Be- Dude, that's before Unforgiven. That's before Nothing Else Matters. And it's totally Unforgiven, Nothing Else Matters type intros. Just that whole intro. Dude, I love it, love it, love it. For me, Megadeth gets the edge on this record. I, I have to respectfully disagree. This is, I Look, I love Killing Is My Business. <laughs> love that record. Love it. I think it's a great debut and a very underrated, overlooked debut album. People yes. talk about the great Megadeth albums. They never mention this record. Never. So I understand what you're trying to say. And to me, that intro reminds me more of like, fight fire with fire with that beautiful intro that then fucking just oh. kicks into that face melting fucking song all right and that's what last rights love did look i'm not shitting on this record so let's 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 get that out of the way but goddamn dude and here and by the way you can even though he doesn't play on the record and yes we all know now i think kirk is a very good guitar player i like kirk hammett fine because you know i respect what he did just because i mean he's a founding member of exodus so boom um, but let's be honest, he parroted what Dave was doing on this record. Like you, you point out all the solos, those are Dave Mustaine solos. Okay. Kurt didn't start coming into his own until, and like you said, there are some songs he helped write on, uh, right on Ride the Lightning, but that's when Kirk started becoming his own guy. You know, this record here, you have to, even though Dave did not play on it, he wrote, co-wrote like what? One, two three, four fucking tracks off the album of a 10-track album. Are you kidding me? Plus, he wrote all the leads, even though I know nobody gets song credits for fucking leads, but come on. Yeah, you know, know. like it, but, you know. But Kirk DeHammond didn't play those leads that well. That's like, I, I forget what the documentary was. He, he got the job done well enough, dude. Kill Em All is a great... It, 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 yeah. it laid the C.C. DeVille gets the job done. That doesn't mean C. C. it's C.C. DeVille great. sucks, though. Kirk Hammett's better. Oh, I don't know. I know. Poison. Why are we comparing fucking Camp Girl Fire Rock to fucking Metallica's Kill 'Em All? I, I, because I'm taking listen, with that right all. You know, dude. Listen, I ain't listening to listen shit. Listen to Kirk Hammett's fucking leads. They are not that great. When you think of it in context, listen to Dave's leads. Understand Dave wrote the leads here and then... Uh, yeah, <laughs> much like I, CC has dumbed down every lead from every cover song he's ever done, Kirk Hammett dumbed down every lead. I forget what this, um, I forget what the documentary was, but it was heavily focused on Dave <laughs> and Megadeth. I know what you're gonna say; it's hilarious. But I remember when Dave was talking, he's like, "Yeah, you know, he does a good job doing those leads, you know, for his talent or his <laughs> skill level or something." He just totally blasted him out of the water. And when they were doing the big four, because even then he was still pissy. Because he's watching side stage while Metallica's playing. And Kirk's going off on one of his leads. (laughs) His leads. Dave's leads. And this motherfucker is just like, oh boy. Dave Mustaine hearing Kirk Hammett play his licks. He did a good job for his limited ability. I remember that interview, dude. I remember that. I was like, oh, 
just slap Kirk right across the face with his cock. Right. And uh, Kirk Hammett, uh, I mean, now there are solos he plays that I love, and that comes heavily in the next album. Heavily yes. in the next album. But uh, I can't hate anybody for thinking Kill Em All is the better record. I can't. Well, for me, this is Kill Em All is game changing. Okay. And for that alone, it was the first, you know, thrash metal album ever released. I mean, let's be real about it. Um, oh, yeah. 1983. And, I mean, come on. Yeah. And, 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 and it kind of laid the blueprint for everything that followed. But again, it's like, well, Dave Mustaine, even though he didn't play on the record, he deserves credit for that as well because, again, he helped write four of the fucking tracks on this record. Plus, he did the original lead work because Kirk didn't have time to, to develop his style or take what he was doing with Exodus. You know, they had to get this album recorded, man. Boom, boom, boom. So he literally joined the band like right before they fucking recorded the album because they'd already gotten rid of Dave. So it's like, and another thing, you know, I know some people go, oh, man. And, 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 and Grant, I think the way Metallica did it was kind of fucked up, even though at the time I was like, oh, man, how heartless. You just throw them on a bus. Now, granted, after I watched, I forget what it was, this documentary about Metallica and Megadeth. And, um, you know, Dave said that on the ride to the bus station that when James was driving him, there were tears down James' cheeks because Dave was like, what, no fucking second chance, man? No, no. You know, I mean, this is it. You're not even going to give me a chance to fucking... And he and he said James didn't say anything. He just had tears stream down his face. So it's like, okay. So maybe it was a bit more... Because when you heard it at first, the first time the story was told, it was like they just woke Dave up and said, hey, motherfucker, you're out of the band. Here's your plane or bus ticket. Get the fuck out. You know, it, it just seemed kind of hardcore. But right, let's be right. honest, man. Thank God. Thank the metal gods there is a Megadeth. Like, with, with those four guys... Including Cliff Burton, way too many alpha dogs or alpha males in that fucking yeah, band. Yeah. They would have imploded. Let's just oh, be yeah. honest. They would have fucking imploded. And we it know they're there for years because Megadeth wouldn't come out for two more years and Metallica's going to release another album. But we have to put the albums side by side so that we well, can have a judgment. Yeah, now, yeah, here's what's funny. Kill em All comes out in 83. And Dave's obviously so pissed off that he has Killing Ooh. is My Business and Business is Good. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a great answer, albeit too late, because at that point, maybe the punch of that album title loses uh, loses its uh, punch. I don't know. His edge, yeah. It's, yeah, because uh, you've already had Ride the Lightning come out. Right, and, and, and here's the thing, too. So, yeah, obviously Metallica was a little bit ahead of the game, but to be fair, Dave literally had to start all over. He had to form a new band. He yeah. had to get a record deal. He had to get yeah, his ducks in a row. he had to get back in the clubs and do all that work. Right. You know, so it's like, so yeah, obviously Metallica was ahead of the game at this point in time. But um, but yeah, I, again, and, 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 and to me though, let's just be honest, a year later, as good of album as Killing as my business is, Peace Sells is just... Well, we'll get into that in a minute because yeah, now, like you well, said, we have to. It's ride the lightning against uh, right. peace cells. Again, we're a year apart here because I'm pretty sure what what peace cells come out what 85, 86. Um, peace cells came out in 86. Dude, peace cells is one of the reasons why I believe 1986 is the greatest year in thrash metal. Period. Ooh. 
Well, yeah, because Master of Puppets came out then. But we can't Master put those, puppets. I know that, put I'm those just, two together. I'm just talking as far as seminal albums. It's like Slayer's Rain and Blood came out that year, too. Dude, yeah, Creative yeah. Pleasure to Kill. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on, man. All right. So anyway, yeah, Ride the yeah, Lightning. Ride the Lightning. Yeah. later, after 83, you know. You know, Ride the Lightning versus Peace Cells is... Dude, this is fucking hard for me. Like, this is hard for me. I thought I would have an answer for you as we were coming to our production here. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know because Ride the Lightning has my all-time favorite Metallica song on it. So okay. I'm trying to look at Peace Cells, Wake Up Dead. Dude, that shit's evil. The Conjuring, yes. wicked evil. Peace yes. Cells, the song that got me listening to thrash metal. I hadn't even heard of Metallica at this point. Right, right. Devil's Island, Good Morning, Black Friday, Bad Omen. I ain't superstitious, dude. I love the blues. A thrash version of a blues song? Fuck you. In my last words, oh. Like, Dave was trying to prove something. Because if you ask me, this is thrash perfection. Dude, it's, it's yeah, it's a masterpiece. Let's just be honest. It's my sentimental. It's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, it's my sentimental favorite Megadeth. Mine too. Mine too. Mine too, dude. In all reality, Rust in Peace and Dystopia fight each other for my favorite Megadeth album. But my sentimental favorite album is fucking uh, Peace Cells. But Ride the Lightning. uh, Dude, this this is tough. I I don't know that right now I have the answer. And there's a lot of people out here that's listening or are going to be listening that's going to go, Ride the Lightning! Because there's a lot of people that feel this is Metallica's greatest album. And it's hard. Fire with fire, Ride the Lightning, for whom the bell tolls. I mean, that whole bass intro alone. With the, you know, the wah pedal. It's amazing. Fade to Black is my all-time favorite Metallica song. And one that was co-written by all four members of the band. Badass. So that guitar work that you hear the solo, that's all Kirk, man. That's where Kirk kind of started spreading his wings. Right. Even Trapped Under Ice and Escaper Hammett um, co-writes. Creeping Death is a Hammett co-write. Yeah. Call of Tulu, they, they're... Oh, fuck, It's dude. like every album they had to have this big instrumental epic yes. until Cliff died. Yes. After, after Cliff died, we didn't have it anymore. The closest nope. we got was uh, Dyer's Eve, which I love. It was actually the first, yeah. first song... True story, Dyer's Eve off of Metallica Justice for All is my first song I've learned how to play on a guitar. No shit. Very cool. Very cool. The heavy riff, not all that pretty shit. That's the first shit I ever learned how to play on a guitar. It's a fucking awesome instrumental, dude. But yeah, um, it's, dude, it, I, I don't I mean, know how to call it. Okay, I mean, here's here's the thing when it comes to Metallica, though, as far as they're great. I mean, honestly, you could sit there. Anybody can go, you know what? I think Kill 'em All's their greatest. I think Ride the Lightning's are great. I think Master Pu- You can't. You can make an argument for any one of those records, man, realistically, you know, true story. in my opinion. So it's like, it's kind of like, that's why I've always said to me, the Cliff Burton era, it's fucking flawless as far as dude, I'm Dude, it's flawless. Like the first album for me is easy. Because Kill 'em All, I hate Hetfield's voice. He's very seventeen sounding. Yeah. You know, uh, I I know Ride the Lightning's only a year or two later, but his vocal sounds more mature. 
Well, and also I think the production. You got to remember, man. That's Ride the Lightning was produ- produced by Fleming Ra- Ma- Ramusen. Ra- Ma- Ra- 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 Rasmussen, um, in which he's a Danish producer. He produced both this and Master Puppets. In my opinion, he is the greatest Metallica producer ever. Fuck Bob fucking motherfucking rock. Shots fired. All right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, boom, done. Mic drop. But it's uh, dude, it's it's I, I dude, it's a cut hair, man. Either way, either way you go. Yeah, I, I, either way. For me personally, I'm probably gonna go peace cells because I just feel like again, even though it's their second record, but there you go. Look how and I and no no sophomore slump there. Fuck no, no. No sophomore fucking slump there, man. I mean, they went, they just took the shit to another level. Like I said, dude, this album's one of the reasons why I just said 1986, greatest year of trash fucking metal. I, that's yeah. fucking science. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I gotta you know? tell you, I'm, I'm actually with you on peace cells, but it is hard. Dude, it's very hard. It's, I mean, honestly, it's hard. you could maybe make a tie, okay? I mean, because goddamn, dude, ride the lightning. It's, dude. Dude. You know what? You know what? That's what I'm gonna do. Let me mark these down as a tie because those are both stellar fucking records. Yeah, for real. It's real hard because we got Master of Puppets. Yeah, so far so good. Okay, now I, to be fair, man. Okay, all right. Let's just get this out of the way. Masters, is, if we're going album by album, Masters blows this away. Now, yeah. it does. It does. Masters, uh, Master of Puppets, to me is Metallica's masterpiece. It is my favorite Metallica album. But I mean, maybe by fucking. A cunt here because like let's be honest the first two records are phenomenal too like i said the cliff burton era is flawless to me but yeah th- this is again just like with peace cells this album is the reason why 1986 here in thrash metal i know i'm going to be saying that a lot folks but we're talking about two of the big four of thrash metal so you oh, you have the, to the the top um, two the yeah, top two i don't care what anybody yeah, says yeah. no they're still a yeah. top two you don't think Slayer uh, Eclipse Megadeth in popularity? I do. I, I don't. I do. I do. Maybe. I do. But that's another debate. Well, we'll, yeah. well that's another episode, brother. Okay. I'm, looking so at, uh, I'm looking at the track listing here for So Far So Good. Hey, I love this record, though. I think this is a very underrated record myself. This I is, love this I, record. I, I probably, have memories of this record. I probably should have gone back and listened to this. 
Uh, I'm not a fan of Megadeth's version of Anarchy in the UK. It's okay. I loved it at the time, but now I'm like, eh. And other than but that, dude, I see In My Darkest Hour, which is fucking amazing, by the way. Oh, bro, come on, man. Into the Lungs of Hell, incredible instrumental. Set the World of Fire, that fucking, that, that track burns, dude. Mary Jane, really cool, dark, fucking ballady kind of song. It has but been so spoke. long since I've heard this 502, hey, asshole, this is the, pull over, this is the cops. In My Darkest Hour, are you fucking kidding me? Which, musically, he Love In My Darkest Hour. I don't know if you know this, but he wrote this song when he heard the news of Cliff's death. Nice. Lyrically, it's about basically a chick just using him up and leaving him for fucking, you know, you know, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, liar. It's actually about his former band members, uh, Chris Poland and uh, Gar Samuelson, because I think maybe Chris Poland, because Poland was like literally selling the band's equipment to get smack and that's what that song is about. I know, but Chris about. and Gar, that's like my favorite lineup. Mine too. Mine Although, too. The Nick Menza, Marty Friedman lineup. It's fucking hard killer. To argue. Yeah. It's hard to argue. But let's be honest. It's hard to argue mainly because of Rust in Peace. Right. Because Countdown, it's a good record, but it ain't as good as fucking Peace sells. All right. I, I would say so, in my opinion, the output they did, even though it was two albums, was heavier and better overall. Like, Killing is my business. And peace sells. And then you look at, yes, it's the most stable lineup. I'll grant you that. But you also got Euthanasia and a lot of fucking shitty Megadeth albums after that. Sorry, I like, folks. I, I, I like Euthanasia. Big, I like Cryptic Writings. I, fucking, I don't like Risk. I hate those records. Fucking hate them, man. I feel about Euthanasia the way I feel about another album we're going to talk about here in the near future. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on yeah, this I, one, I, I, I think yeah. the clear edge goes to Metallica. Oh, it has to, dude. It has to. I mean, it's just not even fucking... That, that's science. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no way to get around and, that. And, the end of the era, and I do want to get this out there. Um, to me, the band was never the same after Cliff. I love Jason Newstead, loved Flotsam and Jetsam. Um, Doomsday for the Deceiver, incredible fucking thrash record. But And Justice for All. Jason's first album, plus if you count the, which we're not counting that, that's an EP and it was covers, but the, you know, the the Garage Days re-revisited EP. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jason does a great job on that. Jason is a phenomenal bass player. I'm not taking it, but let's be honest, they were at their greatest when Cliff was in the band. I I don't even see how that's a fucking debate. I, I You know, anybody tries to, wants to, you know, and I've had people try to tell me that, and I'm like, well, you're fucking high. You well, know? Getting Rob Trujillo was definitely... A shot in the off. and I will agree it's with definitely that. an upgrade because uh, he plays with his fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saltensis, Ozzy, are you fucking kidding me? Robert, yeah. you know, is a phenomenal bass player, and he definitely gave the band a shot in the arm. Yeah, no debate. Hardwired is ridiculous. Yeah, but you know, there's another thing. Everybody always wants to suck fucking Death Magnetic's dick, and I don't know why. It's okay. Is it better than fucking? You know, Saint fucking Anger and the and and the other two pieces of shit that were called Load, and they were a load and a reload of shit. Thanks, James. Thanks, Lars. Yeah, come <laughs> on, dude. No, no. It, it, look, Death, Death Magnetic, Magnetic is a, a step return. in the right direction. Yes, it's a step in the right direction, but it's not. It's just it's not. not it's not a bad record. It's it, not a bad record. It, it reminds me of the Black Record because it's poppy. It's accessible. But it still gets a little thrashy. Yeah, it, it's like the, it's it's them dipping their toes back to the thrash pool, but yeah, not jumping to see. all the way back in. 
And then they found out, oh yeah, this will work, so let's do hardwired. But that's a conversation for another time, because hardwired versus dystopia would be a great argument. Yes, it would. And here's another thing. One thing we could maybe even do in the future, if we ever do like a Megadeth retrospective or a mountain, like I really need to sit down someday and listen to some of these other Megadeth albums Me just too. to get a, you know, because like I said, there's songs on some of those other albums I do like, but as far as a whole album, they haven't done one of the, well, again, Dystopia. And I got to wonder if Dystopia didn't like give Metallica a kick in the ass for hard. I, I think maybe. Yeah, I think it did. I, I think, think it did. maybe. I think they were like, oh, fuck, Dave, you beat us. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know. So, so anyway. I, that's why I can't wait to hear Megadeth's next album. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. I love the title. The so title. we move like, on. Oh, like you pointed out titles. the title to the, yeah, I'm going, ooh, that sounds like old school Megadeth. Just yeah, with, Sick Dying uh, of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all well, right. got to go to fourth albums. Mm-hmm. I think I know where you're going to go. Well, you know where I'm going to go. For me, it worked different because I dug the fuck out of it. But, yeah. We got 1990's Rust in Peace versus 1988's And Justice for All. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, the first guitar riff I ever learned how to play right. is from this record. And this is when I got into Metallica was Justice for All. The acoustic guitar work that was being done on that album was absolutely amazing. I love that. Uh, I had to go back and find out that they didn't do that a whole lot. <laughs> you know, that, right. that was a rarity. Like, Ride the Lightning, you had Fade to Black, and I don't think there was a whole lot more of that acoustic-sounded things. Mm -hmm. Dude, this is this is a powerful album. Oh, uh, no doubt. At no the doubt, time, dude. I didn't think about the whole, oh, you can't hear Jason's bass, because it sounded so fucking heavy to me. Raw. Raw. This record it, has a very raw sound. Yeah. That I I guess I didn't realize I didn't hear bass. Yeah. Now uh, this is an album that I will give credit for or credit to for doing something that we have both admittedly not liked, and that's ridiculous long fucking songs. Oh yeah. And Injustice for All. It's a nine-track album. It's a double album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're, it's so long. Well, my God. The but it never gets boring. That's the thing. I, I don't mind longer songs by certain bands if it doesn't get boring to me. And I that can is name, fair. I'm with you. I mean, Exodus, the last few albums they've done, they've had some pretty long songs. Machine Head, The Blackening has some long, but, it, but they were able to keep things interesting. Not every band can do that for me, and that's the the difference. I know some people are going to go, well, wait a minute, man. You, you like some of Rush's longer songs, but you Ugh. don't like what Iron Maiden's doing now. Well, again, I know you're not a Rush fan, dude, but I'm just using them as an example. Well, for whatever reason, Rush kept my interest. Maiden's long-ass shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, there were classic stuff, Ryan the Ancient Mariner. That kept my interest, still does, but... But yeah, like Sinjitsu. Even Seventh Son and some, right. come somewhere in time. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, I, it, I, I know what I you're love saying. That song. Yeah. And but... I will stipulate the Book of Souls and uh, Sinjitsu had some way over long songs. It's everything I hate about prog rock. Right, I, right. I, I get it. But right. this album, it seems oh, to fucking it, work. It did. It did. And I can also see where. That's why when they did the Black Album, we're like, oh, we're going to do shorter songs. Because some people fucking threw that in my face. Like, I had a problem with them writing shorter songs. I'm like, yeah, but if you look at some of the albums before Justice for All, Justice for All is where they kind of went 
frog thrash. No, no question about that. But frog thrash. I have never heard those two words put together. Voivod, Voivod's progressive. I've never thrash. heard it's a, a single thrash. Band. I've never heard a single song by Voivod. I don't know who the fuck they are. I'm just throwing that out there, dude. I'm the thrash metal guy, though. So you know, I know you are. So it means I got more yeah. shit to check out. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is definitely progressive thrash. I, I, Bildo makes that argument for this record all the time. And, I mean, come on, dude. Nine minutes and 46 seconds for the title track. Seven minutes and 26 seconds for one. Seven minutes and 43 seconds for the Freight Ends of Sanity. You Live and Dies, nine minutes and 49 seconds, which has the spoken word part, which yep. is Cliff Burton. He wrote that. Um, you oh, know, I know that. that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah, when a man lies, he murders some part of the world. That's all Burton wrote that. That's nice. him. Yeah, you know, it's a great, great record. I remember at the time coming out just being so proud of them because everybody was wondering, well, what's going to happen? Cliff's gone. What's going to fucking happen? What's going to happen? And then they put out this banner of a record, and I'm yeah, like, and release one as a video, yeah, which yeah, turned I'm a like, lot of people off. Right, not me. I didn't give a fuck. In fact, I was excited, and what a great video! Even that's that's, how, the, like that's how it should have been. Look, Metal Mike, I discovered Metallica will one. You know that video on the Headbangers Ball. I cannot understand if you've been following a band for so long and they finally break. That only helps them. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong, because I mean they're I, the biggest metal band in the but, world. And, and here's the thing about Metallica: it's maybe all that's because why... of one. <laughs> Um, and maybe I feel that way only because of the fact that I don't know how to put this, man. It's I had no problem with them making a video for one. You know, I had no problem with them making more videos even for the blackout. That you know, a lot of people fucking think that no, that's not it at all. It was it's you know because I don't know if you know this, but there's actually you can get it now. I think it's on the Cliff Mall video, um, home video, um, which you can I think get on. DVD, I, I know you can get it on DVD. You might even be able to get it on Blu-ray. I'm not sure about that, but it, it's really cool. Now, most of the footage is like shot with a camcorder. The, the fucking quality ain't all that great. But there's actually some footage that was professionally shot by MTV for the day of the Green Festival in San Francisco. And at the time, Metallica let them film it, but then they wouldn't let them air it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've often thought, well, you know, if Metallica had made videos before that, they probably would have broke bigger even sooner. But there was one of the things that I always thought was so impressive about them back in the day is, dude, they made it to the big time. They were selling records and fucking building this um, reputation for themselves without videos without much radio airplay and that's and, and that's what people hated when one came out i i had a buddy uh he was a roommate of mine my very first roommate mm -hmm. and uh dude he got he was so furious with metallica when they released the video see i loved it i didn't i didn't <laughs> give a fuck man i was like cool they're finally gonna do a video and it's gonna be on one which is based on johnny got his gun and that what a great video what a great, even though oh, it still dude, stands. absolutely love it. Yeah, I think it's a solid fucking album. I don't care is. about the bass bullshit. I, I can't yeah. even tell. Yeah. I can't even tell. My speakers distort when I play it because the distortion right. is so well, hard. So, this is such a raw record. Um, but you put it up against Megadeth. I'm sorry, man. Rust yeah. in peace. Metallica loses this one. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, come on, dude. Rust in peace is a fucking absolute. I mean, they, they literally. Not only do you have the Dave Mustaine audio autobiography, not only do you have Dave Elson with two autobiographies. They wrote a book just for this album alone. I'm holding it right here, Bushy. Look, look. Nice. The book. The nice. Night, the yeah, yeah. 
you know, a while back. This, I mean, are you fucking kidding me, man? There's a reason for that. Rust in Peace is an absolute masterpiece from beginning to end. It is a perfect thrash album. And as great as Injustice for All is, Rust in Peace is a better record, man. Oh, I, so I, I don't, good. It's, I don't see how you can debate that. I know there's going to be some Metallica tards that are probably going to try. Oh, you know? oh, and I welcome it. If you think Justice is a better record than uh, Rust in Peace, first of all, you're retarded. Yeah, you're, all, you're a Metallica tard. I'm sorry, I'm going to call you out. Like, you are a gra- tard. Grab your crayons and, and, and go to our Facebook page and then write down your argument for why right. Justice is a better album than right, and Rust. Not- and we're not shitting oh. on justice, folks. No. We think this is a great no. record. Just this better. <laughs> it is. It's just a better record, man. Dude, it's the just... Holy Wars, the punishment do. Are you fucking kidding? Dude, that Oof. fucking, even now, that album still makes the hairs on my neck stand, Bushy, when I hear it. I mean, come on, yeah. Hater 18, Take No Prisoners, Five Magics, what a great killer filler track right there. Poison was the cure. Lucretia. Tornado soul. Holy <laughs> fucking shit. Don't I love how Lucretia it. starts. Dude. Yeah. It, it's it's such a good and then, fucking record. And then you got fucking Rust in Peace and Polaris. Are you fucking kidding me, man? Well, here's my like, thing. You remember when I went back to talking about Dave laughing at Kirk Hammett trying to do Dave licks? Yeah. Now, Kirk Hammett played some great leads on Injustice for All. Oh, yeah! But the shit that Marty Friedman and Dave Mustaine were doing... Oh, I know. Mind on Rust? Oh, Mind-blowing, God. yeah. I mean, when yeah, I have people that so, I know personally... such weird scales. You know, cause they're like even, you. Like Mid-Eastern fucking scales and shit. It... it, it Dude, so oh, amazing. Dave that one part the where they go into the player. Dude, on Holy Marty Wars. Friedman coming in. Come on. Dude, dude, and Holy Wars, the punishment, dude, that, that whole part you're talking about, that that acoustical. Yeah. All Middle Eastern, fucking brilliant. And I'm not Middle a Eastern or Spanish, guy. one or the other. It, well, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's it had a flamenco sound me, almost. Yeah. It, it was definitely, I think, classical oh. guitar for sure. But, but oh, absolutely. my point about, but the, you know, I mean. Yeah, those were nylon strings. I'm not a fucking, I'm not a musician, but when I have people like you and other people who are musicians, who know, tell me, I mean, dude, like, for me, a layman, some of the, even the rhythm, like I said, again, when you're talking about Megadeth, some of the rhythm blame is just mind moving so, dude, they're all over the neck. Yeah, dude. And their single just, note rhythm is, Metallica's riffs. It's always riffs. Maybe a wah 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 but you it's mostly riffs. Dave's riffs are always like single no shits. Right. Oh my god. Yeah, rust in peace. I think now look, I am not a guy that knows a whole bunch of thrash. I know a lot, but I'm not a thrash nut. But I will go Hello. down on record as saying Rust in Peace is the greatest fucking thrash album of all time. You it's can- fucking amazing. You can certainly make the case for that. There, there's, you can definitely, definitely make the case that that is the case. I mean, there's no, um, it's, it's, that's a hard one, man. That's, that's, it's because again, you're talking about it's got, it's got some competition, and not just by Metallica. You know, I mean, you know, Slayer. Right. But admittedly, I don't know a lot of thrash, but of every thrash album I've heard, yeah. But I, I mean, dude, they wrote a book. They wrote a fucking book. 
They wrote a book. <laughs> you know, about this album. I mean, you know, He's come on. Wrote a book. A whole book about just one record. Not the band's fucking entire Fuck career. Yeah. And Dave you know, Ellison. One record. Dave Elson is doing a documentary about uh, Nick Menza. Right. I, I haven't seen the Cliff Burton documentary yet. Let's get that happening. Oh, they got to do that. They need to do that for sure. We, Cliff deserves we, it. You know. We've got the Lemmy movie. We need the Cliff Burton. For real. For real. I don't um, think we'll ever need a Gene Simmons, uh, you know, base movie because, <laughs> boy, they let themselves know what's going on, huh? <laughs> we always know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What's, what's going to be new there? Right. So yeah, hands down, rust and peace wins. This next one, because <laughs> the years are different. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Metallica releasing Metallica, aka the Black Album in '91, August twelfth, nineteen ninety-one, the beginning yeah. of the end. <laughs> Megadeth releasing Countdown to Extinction '92, the answer to the Black Album. Yes. And you started seeing a lot more Megadeth on your TV screen. Yes, sir. You know, because with uh, Rust in Peace, you saw the video for Hangar 18. And I can't think of another video that came out. It may have, but I didn't see it. I saw Hangar 18. But boy, Countdown, we saw a lot of videos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and and that's another thing that was kind of different. We, we didn't talk about that. We were talking about how Metallica never did any videos. Yeah. Megadeth embraced videos right off the bat. I mean, there yeah, was right videos from the, for PCL. The there was videos for every fucking record, man. They never were like, oh, we're not, you know. Um, so, again, another kind of a difference there, you know. Um, all right. I know that the Black Album sold a gazillion copies. I know right. there's a lot of people. It was their first exposure to Metallica. Yes. I, I, I get all we, that. We I'm still not, love you, Joshua Toomey. Please come on our show. Quit sucking Corey's dick and come suck mine. <laughs> but I, I gotta say, fuck this record overall. Yeah, there's some good songs. Yeah, I'm not as hard on it as I was originally. But this is the album that this is the beginning, of the end. Now, and here's the thing about there are some. Okay, I understand they wanted to go th simpler. I understand that, especially after an album like Injustice for All. I get it. I totally get it. Um, but you know, there's other songs where Metallica didn't play a million miles an hour. But it was still heavy and had, I don't know, a punch to it. Where this album, and let's be honest, let, let's call that a spade a spade. Let's fucking talk about the fucking elephant in the room, Bob fucking Rock. That's what happened. Cliff Burton, two, two shitty things happened to Tackle. Cliff Burton died, Bob fucking Rock was the second one. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You can say whatever. It's my opinion. I know I'm in the minority. I know this going in. I know this. But Ladies and gentlemen, we but, just oh. had a special guest moment from joe biden fuck that guy too <laughs> yeah i hear you look fuck this this I, fucking is overrated it's over fucking rated man it's overrated it's fucking they made them palpable they made them fucking accessible that's what they did um and i'm not and it also it opened the doors to all the bullshit we got after. This was the beginning of the end. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You can say what you want. Defend it all you want. Fucking throw in my face how many fucking out copies it sold. You know what? Britney Spears sold a bunch of fucking records. Does that mean her music's brilliant too? She's fucking smoking hot. Ain't denying that. Am I even saying it's bad for the kind of music it is? No. But come okay. on. Okay. I'm like I like I love Britney. Well, I love her too, dude. Well, she's good eye candy, let's put it that yeah, way. Oh yeah, yeah. But I like her music too. Yeah, well that's you. Um, dude, this is a good album. 
It's a good album. It has some, some good gr- tracks. It has some, some great moments. It has some great moments, exactly. And Sandman, to this day, I love. Still I fucking song. hated that song. I hated it when it came out. I still wow. fucking hate it. Hate it, it, hate it, hate it. Hate through, even the lyrical content. Threw fucking, me back to a kiss. Oh, with, never, never. Like, what are we, fucking Peter Pan, James? What the fuck? No, he's Batman. Oh, whatever. That's oh, why you talk like this. <laughs> no. Sad but true. An incredible No, let, let's get back to Enter Sandman. It <sighs> makes me think God of Thunder. What? I am the Lord of the Wasteland. Look, let me make this stupid connection. Hush. I'm waiting. Baby. He's doing the talking. It doesn't make sense, but the Lord's Prayer, I love in there. I think it's fucking great. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Sabbath Truth, I never hear it again, ever. It'll be way too fucking soon. Holier Than Thou, it's not a bad song. I'm sorry no. it got on the radio. Unforgiven, listen here, Ugh. bitches. Bushy likes ballads. <laughs> I fucking love the Unforgiven. When they're worth a fuck. Right, and the Unforgiven is. No, it's not. Wherever I May Roam, decent. Don't Tread On Me, that rocks. Through the Never, badass. Nothing Else Matters, while... Fade to Including black. their integrity? Yeah, I agree. Well, Fade to Black is my favorite Metallica song. I think uh, Nothing Else Matters is the greatest thing they ever wrote. Of Wolf and Man rips. What? God that whoa, 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 whoa. Time the fuck out. No, dude. Fade yes. to Black shits all over that song. Shits all over it. No, dude. Uh, I, I, no, I, Fade to Black's my favorite song. song. Nothing Else Matters, the greatest thing they ever wrote. <laughs> Um, all right, go ahead. Well, no, we have to, my friend of misery to struggle within. Struggle within's good, and my friend of misery, I don't even remember. My friend of misery's not bad. The guy that failed, pretty cool song. Yeah. Uh, Wolf of Man, again, comparatively speaking, a masterpiece compared to the rest of this crap. Nothing else matters. Yeah, including <laughs> their fucking integrity. Uh, don't tread on me, I like. Wherever I may roam can go fucking suck a dick. Um, the Unforgiven, yeah, that's what they should have named the band after Cliff died, because this is unforgivable bullshit. <laughs> Holier Than Thou, pretty decent song. Sad But True, incredible riff, an amazing riff, but it's so fucking monotonous. They don't ever uh, change anything, and if you're right, I, if I never hear it again, I'm, I'm okay with that. But what I'm saying is that riff, like, I'm going, wow, what a great riff. I remember when the first time I heard it, man, what a fucking awesome riff. Sad <sighs> Fast, but it's the same riff throughout the entire the whole time. fucking song. Oh my god, it's so, so fucking oh. monotonous. Fuck yeah, Bob Rock. Andrew Sandman can lick my fucking. I crack. would rather listen to Sinjutsu over and over again than I would too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know once. what? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Andrew Sandman can lick my taint. Um, you know, <laughs> to never, never land. What are we fucking Peter Pan? Love it. Flying around Love with it. fucking fairies. Fuck that. Fuck that record. Fuck that. All right. This album. Tinkerbell is on Peter Pan's dick. Just so you know. Hey, I like Tink- I like me some Tinkerbell, but fuck, dude. Even she would be like, "What's this fucking fairy bullshit?" And I'm like, "You're right, baby." All right. But Countdown to Extinction. It's like Metallica went commercial ish. Megadeth went commercial as fuck. But it worked. This record shits all over fucking Black Album. I said it. Skin of My Teeth is a Thrasher. That's a good song. Fucking awesome. Symphony of Destruction. No, that's a good song. It's a good song, man. (laughs) Architecture of Aggression. Good song. Yeah, that's good. Heavy riffage. 
foreclosure of a dream, which is a more mellow track, but I still like it's it. It's a mellow track, but it's talking about you know people not being able to pay their bills and yes. such. And do, and, yeah. and it was a David Elfson uh, co-write uh, lyrically. Nice, it great song. Sweating bullets. bullets, fucking rules, dude. That song is great. This is my life. I love it. Countdown to extinction cool is actually. Title track. It's actually my favorite song on the album. Good song, man. You know, High Speed Dirt. Well, that's just Megadeth show and look. We could still do it. Psychotron. Psychotron. Dude, that song's badass. That makes me think uh, yeah. of Gasmatron and all. For there was there was this weird moment where <laughs> metal bands had to bring robots in. And then sticks to Mr. Roboto, but we're not gonna talk about that even though I know it was earlier. <laughs> but but Psychotron works. Captive Honor. I wish it had stopped there. Ashes hmm. in Your Mouth is good. And maybe if you're going to have all those songs on, because it's an 11-track album, switch the two. I think Captain Honor should have been the closer. I Close agree. that fucker out with that one. Captain Honor is great, man. Yeah, it's a thrashy song. There's a lot of thrash elements in this very pop radio record. I agree. I, and that's probably why I, I like it better than the Black Album. Now, let me ask you this, Metal Mike. Hit Do me. you hate the Black Album just because it was so different from what they have been doing, even though the heavy is still there, that you're willing to accept the very ultra-poppy Countdown to Extinction that had like four or five videos? What'd they have? They had uh, Symphony Destruction, Arc okay, um, Foreclosure of a Dream, Sweaty Bulls. Five videos for this. All, all I can say is this, Bush. I know I'm probably come across as a dick about the Black Album. There's probably going to be a lot of listeners that are probably going to be like, fuck Metal Mike. And that's fine, guys. Look, like what yeah, you fine. like, like what you want. I don't I don't care. I'm not telling fuck you you can't. Listen next week. <laughs> but yeah, and they will. They fucking will. They're going to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, maybe I am a little harsh on, on the Black Album. I mean, maybe even now it's like when I... I it just... And maybe part of it is also, but I don't know, man. I, I had a vehement reaction to this record when it came out. I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? So, Where with Countdown, Countdown, though, yes, there are some slower paced songs. Yes, there are some more, I guess, radio friendly, but it's they're just better songs. Better written. Okay, thank you. Relationship, just flat out better. I'm sorry. To my ears, to my ears, Yes, this album is more accessible, but this is their point of entry. This is Megadeth's point of entry. It's one of those type of records where it's it's maybe not as heavy as the albums before it. Now, to be fair, Megadeth didn't come out with their they didn't come back with their Screaming for Vengeance, which I sh wish they would have with yeah. with Euthanasia. Because to me, I look at Euthanasia as their black album. That's where I, I was like, Euthanasia. ugh. I was like, oh, what the fuck is this bullshit? This is some bullshit. And why are they striking poses in the middle of their album like they're a fucking uh, glam metal band? It pissed me off. The whole record <laughs> pissed me off. And I was so disappointed because I was a negative guy, Butch. I was broke. I might have been more broken hearted about Euthanasia than I was the Blackout. Okay, because wow. to me, when negatives come I out, I know a guy record, like that. I was uh, delivering pizzas at Pizza Hut when I came back from my uh, second deployment mm -hmm. because my wife was banging other dudes. <laughs> I be home. So I uh, was delivering pizzas, and that Megadeth Euthanasia dropped. And his buddy of mine, who, God love me, finally got his dream car. But he would drive around dreaming of having an old Trans Am, you know what oh, I mean? yeah. But yeah. an 80s model Trans Am, like 86, right. 88, no kit. 
and he heard euthanasia. This sounds like fucking rat. This sucks. <laughs> and I was like, rat. This sounds nothing like rat. It this, doesn't. This it no. rocks. I don't. But, like he, but he hated euthanasia every bit as much as you did. Yeah, I. I we're just... not talking about that one right now. It no, looks no. like. It looks like because I want to move on and talk about the rest of the records that we know. Okay. But to lock up this throwdown, Black Album versus Countdown. I'm a Countdown guy. Me too. As much as I love the Black Album, I like the poppiness. I don't understand why you would pick Countdown over Black, but we're good. So let's see. One, two, three, four, five. For okay, Black well, wait Earth. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're can't, you're picking Countdown, so why why are you having such a hard time believing I'm picking Countdown? Because, I mean, I told you why. I fucking told you why. It's just a, it's a better record. It's 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 the, it's, the songwriting and everything. I'll I'll, I'll give you musicianship. It's, it's, even it's better. way more political. I think Metallica kind of they simplified it too much. They went too far in that direction. You know, it was like they wanted to make an album that was so unlike fucking Injustice that they went too far in that direction. And Bob fucking Rock got his goddamn. No, you're thinking of load and reload. You better go back and listen to the Black album. Uh, no, no, dude, no, they did. <laughs> that's yeah, true, true. I rest my case the same riff over and over and over. Yeah, man. that song sucks. Wherever so. I may roam, where I lay my head is home. What the fuck, man? <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck that shit. Guess what? We have decided last time we did a throwdown, we were split. This time, we're there. Megadeth, we're split. Is, I know it. Megadeth is the better thrash band. Oh, they win. Seven, I thought it would be a split. Seven points, Megadeth. Five, Metallica. Oh. You went kill them all. I went killing is my business. We tied Ride the Lightning versus Peace Cells. We yeah, both went master over So Far So Good. So what? Right. Justice versus Rest in Peace. We both went Megadeth. And we both went Countdown. Megadeth. Oh, hi. The better thrash band. I've been saying that shit for years, and Metal Mike agrees. I guess I do. I guess <laughs> I do, man. I mean, it's now, really hard. Now, funny thing. Because, because okay, we, we have... Go ahead. We gave, a tie, we gave a tie to fucking Peace Cells and Ride the Lightning. Dude, that's tough. And that's really hard. Like, honestly, that's, guys, that's it could have been either way. Like, yeah. it was too hard for... And maybe we were being pussies by not picking. But fuck, man, that's that's really hard. Where Now, if somebody asked me, okay, Metal Mike, what's the better album by year? Like, Peace Cells... Master's Puppets, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, gee, god damn. That's, that would be hard for me to pick. But we're going by each album as, as you know, first one yeah. against the first yeah. one. Yeah, album one versus second, album. album. Yeah. So by that, yeah. And, um, and, and you know we what? obviously picked the best Metallica albums. Yes. You know, we went with the yes. top five from each band. It is hard to make that argument. I mean, I mean, maybe Dystopia slips in over Countdown, and maybe Hardwired slips in over to Black. For me, I, it does. Now, Dystopia, I, I, yeah, Dystopia. I like Dystopia better than Countdown. I gotta be. I honest. still think Megadeth wins. Yeah, either or, it doesn't matter. It's like yeah. we kind of. I mean, Metallica and, and brought it. Metallica man, brought it. But so how I many think Dystopia uh, beats? So how many Metallica tards do you think are going to be infuriated with this? I don't care. Fuck them. <laughs> Happy I'm birthday, just Eric Jordan, RMCP. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, I, I I am curious to see what kind of... Because, you know, we got a lot of discussion with the Rad episode and Motley Crue episode. I know it. 
I'm really curious to see, like, ooh, you know, and, and, and they're probably, and, and maybe, as I said, maybe I'm, because there are some good songs on the Black Album, but to me, it just symbolizes, to me, it's what. Oh, symbolizes, explain that. It symbolizes the beginning of the end of one of my all-time favorite bands, because after this, it was a lot of shit for years, a lot of fucking shit, you know, we had fucking, I mean, okay, load, exhibit A, load, then you get us a reload. Then you got the S&M. Wasn't a big fucking fan of that. Then you give us fucking St. Anger. Those are all shitty records, in my opinion. There might be a good song here or there. There's a couple of songs that I like. But as far as fucking whole albums, are you fucking kidding me? Give me a fucking break, man. It's like this douchebag who tried to get into it with me on Bill Wayne's old page, the Kiss Kiss Heavy Metal Hard Rock fan, uh, Facebook page. He tried telling me that the Black Album was a progression. And I'm sorry, but my definition of progress is something gets better. And if any of you Metallica guys out there are going to fucking sit here and tell me that the Black Album is better than Master of Puppets, then you're a fucking you're on crack. I'm sorry. I know I know it's all opinions and music subjective, but come on, man. Now you can love the black album all day fucking long, and that's fine. That's fucking all well and fucking good, but you cannot sit there and tell me that the fucking black album is better than the fucking Master of Puppets fucking boom. I just like I told that fucking Metallica hey, tart on Facebook. Here's what I can I'm tell you. you people right now. You're bitching Light about drop. Bob Rock production. Guess who wrote those songs? I have a year and a half in the life of Metallica. Great fucking home DVD, by the way. It's amazing. Okay, so? Metallica wrote those songs. I don't give a fuck. Who, who fucking... You're not going to sit there and tell me that he didn't do what Bob Ezrin did with Kiss. The only difference is Destroyer is like a really good record, and this record's kind of eh. That's it. Well, see, I think Destroyer's kind of. Eh. Well, Destroyer, I, I, I look. Destroyer's an album that, as a kid, I loved a lot more. As Me as too. I've gotten older, as I've gotten older, I, it's not one I really go back to. We've already had this discussion. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry, man. It's it's this album. It just I, I it, yeah, I know. I, I mean, I'm looking at Hetfield. Ulrich, Hammett, Hetfield, Ulrich, Hetfield, yeah. mostly Hetfield, Ulrich. Yeah. I get that. Bob get Rock that. did not write these songs. This is what no, Metallica but, but, wanted to do. Granted, but he, you know, he also talked about how hard of a time they gave him in the studio about it, and ultimately he won out because look what happened afterwards. Okay, I know we we agreed we were only going to talk about the first five albums, but I just went off on a rant. You went and took a leap, dude. So you don't know what yeah, yeah. Daddy was talking. I, about. I get to go, I get to go back and listen to it. And you're going to love it because it's another <laughs> fucking meltdown. But I'm sorry, man. After that, it's the beginning of the end. It's kind of like as much as I like Dynasty, that was kind of the beginning of the end. That's when the fucking wheels started falling off the Kiss Mobile. Don't believe me? Look at Unmasked. Oh, Look Unmasked at is horrible. And then The Elder, even though you Amazing. might love it, was not the fucking right record to make at that time. Let's just be real. It was it it, it hurt the band. It hurt. If, if you're talking about commercial success, you're absolutely right. Exactly. But if you are, if you already drop a shit record, well, we might as well do what we want to do. The band's um, broke up. Ace isn't even fucking here. Let's just no, play no, this no, album. no, 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 no. Ace fucking. That's the album that made Ace quit. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So bam. But that's I what I mean. I mean, he wasn't even in the video for I because he's like, nah, I'm out. I ain't doing yeah, this shit. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, he didn't, he, you know, so I. And I will stipulate that I'm, 
But here's one difference. Metallica was able to do this bullshit, and they got by with it. They got by they, with it. They got huge. Yeah, they, they got they huge. And I, and I don't get it. And yeah. I'll tell you why. Because Metallica, the Black Album, Metallica, it's a self-titled record, but the Black Album. Dude, it's a heavy record. I know you have Nothing Else Matters. I know you have The Unforgiven. But it's like, what, 13, 14 songs on that record? There's two slow-paced songs, two ballads, if you will. And it's not like they're opposed to doing ballads. The rest of the record, whether it's monotonous riffs, whether it's accessible thrash, it's still a heavy record. Never, never, this album's not that thrashy. There's not very much thrash in this album. Inner Sandman's not thrash. Sabbath True, not thrash. Holier Than Thou, yeah, kind of thrashy. And maybe that's my problem. Countdown Extinction does still have okay. some thrash in so it. So maybe thrash, maybe pull thrash out. Maybe I missed. It's a metal record. It's a metal record. It's, but it's, it's definitely a metal record. You know, and 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 and, and load I, load is them jumping on. We it, have the success, and we can write these kinds of songs. Maybe they just discovered that we could write these kinds of songs, and in Bob Rock, they figured out, oh, we can have success if we write these kind of songs. But maybe we move on, and we do stuff we've been wanting to do for a long time. I don't know. I don't know. I know there's a couple songs I like off a of load. I know there's a couple songs I like off a of reload, but I'm not a fan of it. Saint Anger, dude, I've never even listened to it. I have never heard that album. It's pretty bad, dude. Death it's pretty Magnetic, fucking bad. I only heard the radio hit. Um, Hardwired to Self Destruct, I have listened to that record over and over and over because it's good again. I was actually upset because when Megadeth released Dystopia, I'm like, ho ho, Dave, you finally won. And then Metallica comes out with fucking Hardwired, and I'm like, ooh. So there's a discussion we need to have someday. Hardwired versus Dystopia. Ooh. Ooh. That's tough. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. It's tough, but I think I'd have to go Megadeth on that one, too. Um for a couple of reasons. One, you know, Hardwired is a good record. And there's some great tracks on it, but it's a double album. There, there's a few songs there that I felt weren't. They were all right. I think Dystopia is a more cohesive record. That's just my opinion. Well, that's the thing. That, that's 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 why I like Megadeth so much more. Is um, They're just more consistent. They consistently put out good records. I haven't heard a bad record other than Risk. I'm not a fan of Risk. But they consistently put out good records. Metallica put out a couple shit records. And then, you know, Dystopia, because that's where they got the edge finally. Dystopia is 2016. Hardwire is fucking, well, same year, but it was a couple months later. Which is really weird. If you think about the whole dynamic of the Dave versus fucking uh, uh, James thing. I don't know. Megadeth, all, uh, you know, obviously wins the throwdown. That's all that matters today. <laughs> Metal Mike. You got anything to plug? Anything to promote? Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, not really, man. Uh, other than, um, well, I promoted him on the crossover episode we just did with with Mark Alton Taylor. He, he's already got his version up. Fuck, I was like, God damn, dude, that's fast. Like, he does not fuck around. I know, yeah. That's, that's comes, because you know, he, doesn't I know he, doesn't do, he doesn't do as much editing. No, he don't. He just throws that at shit out there, man. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, I recorded it. Let me slap some songs in. And here, I have a product. No, you don't. That's why it's not America's podcast. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> um, Love you, Mark. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to release our version sometime down the road. <laughs> it's just a bonus episode for a week that we don't want to... Oh, okay. I'll, I'll hold on to that and edit it later. I do have something to promote. I don't have any physical copy of it, but I just want to remind people that uh, Rucker Hauer is one of the greatest actors of all time. I agree. Thank God. And I think I everybody love should Howard. go out and uh, check out Lady Hawk from 1985. Oh, such an underrated uh, movie. Underrated sci-fi fantasy movie. It's a love story where two people can't be together. And if you haven't seen the film, I'm not going to tell you why, but here's the only spoiler. One's a human at day and one's a human at night. It's an amazing film. Go out there and check out Lady Hawk, uh, 1985 Rucker Hauer film with Michelle Pfeiffer. Matthew Broderick. You know what? If we're going to do movies, I know what I'll promote. I just saw it today before I recorded this podcast. You motherfuckers, especially if you're a comic book guy, check out The Batman. Fucking phenomenal, man. Great fucking movie. I, I can't, I, wait, to see it. I can't I, wait till I can talk about it. Right. I, I gotta say, I think this one gives Dark Knight a run for its money, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. I'm saying it right now, man. It's that Ooh. good. It's that good. For, uh, one thing that's very action Wait a second. You mean The Dark Knight, that movie with Heath Ledger, who's the greatest Joker of all time? Yes. You say is, this gives it a run? It uh, does, dude. Because it's a lot of different reasons. Um, without giving well, anything Joker away, Joker Joaquin more on Phoenix the, gave Dark Knight a hard run. Um, it, it, um, you know, it, it, it focuses more on the detective aspect, but they they do it in a way where it's not boring. There's a lot of action and brilliant fucking fighting in this movie. Like Batman throws down and kicks a lot of ass. And dare I say, this version of Batman might even be more grounded than the Christian Bale. Um, of course, uh, what's the director's name? Um, Chris Nolan, Chris Nolan version. And that's saying something because obviously that Batman was more grounded. So, you know, um, I, I definitely yeah, go see it. Go see it. It's fucking awesome, man. Whenever his streaming, like I said to you off mic earlier, I'm still waiting to see Spider-Man No Way Home. So. Same, same as me. And you know what? Maybe we should do an episode on that when it does hit streaming. Oh, hell yeah. Because you know how hard it's been to avoid spoilers? I know, right? Anytime I see anything Spider-Man or the Batman, I'm like, oh, scroll. <laughs> right, right. Well, all right, Metal Mike. I'm glad to see Megadeth won this. So Dave Mustaine, if you're listening, come talk to us sometime. <laughs> no yeah. shit. I know you're not listening, but we're sucking your dick. <laughs> Metal Mike, final thoughts. You know what, folks? Keep fighting the good fight and stay metal to your dying breath, man. And uh, go, go Ukraine. Hell yeah. I'm still pretty well convinced that grunge killed metal. But grunge didn't kill metal. Enough enough did. Bye, vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week. Poor Aaron Camaro. Man, dude. I love that guy. I know you do. What a shitty band. (laughs) Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. 
very soon I know. What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week.